0: Yes, indeed. Good morning to you. Seven minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock, and we're underway on this Tuesday, the 15th morning of the sixth month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Thanks for being, being with us. We have a lot of work to do today. A lot of ground to cover. Coming up in about a half an hour, a special bonus for you um, for this week, a second appearance by Dr. Everett Piper. He will be with us on Thursday for his normal Thursday appearance. We uh, ran out of time on this past Thursday show. In terms of getting to every story that we really wanted to cover, there's one in his backyard, it's in Oklahoma, about cancel culture that we just didn't get to on Thursday that I really wanted to get into. And I said, Dr. Piper, would you be willing to do an extra day and come on with us twice next week, which of course is this week, uh, so that we can cover that story about cancel culture in an Oklahoma University of Oklahoma volleyball star forced away from her team because of her conservative viewpoints, forced out of school, transferring to Mississippi because she refused to participate in critical race theory and woke speak. Um, Her story is not, of course, an anomaly. That's the sad part. That's why we have to talk about it. Because it is happening in far too many places, so Doctor Piper will be will be with us uh, this morning at nine thirty-five. If you're normally, you know, a listener, people have different habits, obviously. If you're a listener of this show on Tuesdays and not Thursdays for whatever reason, based on your own schedule, and you've never heard Doctor Piper, you're going to be in for a treat. Doctor Everett Piper is a brilliant, brilliant man, and he's uh, uh, he articulates things from a point of view that perhaps you haven't heard before. He's terrific. He's the one who wrote the article. Um, About five years ago, he wrote an article which essentially was a letter to all of the students at the university he was the president of, which was Oklahoma Wesleyan University, and he uh, informed his kids, the students who were constantly complaining about this thing, that thing, or the other thing, that this is not a daycare. It is an institution of higher learning. Stop acting like little children. They need to be coddled and babied all the time. This is not a daycare. That letter he wrote turned into a best-selling book, and he now has its sequel. Uh sequel is called uh, Grow Up. And uh, So again, if you're not too terribly familiar with Dr. Piper, you probably are, but just in case, you'll get a taste of that coming up at 935. Then at 1010, well, you know what day it is. It's Tuesday, and that means it's Kersenow Day. And we will talk to Peter Kersenau from the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights coming up at 10.10 this morning. Before we get into the top news of the day, what do you say we start? With our Pledge of Allegiance. Please, patriots, stand. If you have your flag nearby, please face it. If not, just put your hand on your heart and join us in the pledge. If you are a far left-wing nut and you do not believe in patriotism, then go ahead and take your proverbial knee. What do you say we let the children lead us this time around, friends? Everyone stand up and say it with me. I pledge allegiance. To the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Nice job, everyone. Yes, sir. That was a very nice job, young man. I get a little more inspired when I let the uh, kids uh, state the uh, Pledge of Allegiance or recite the Pledge of Allegiance rather than the adults because that's exactly what has to happen. We need to reverse indoctrinate children. Uh, Reverse indoctrination, of course, would mean teaching them to love this country rather than to hate it, which is what the leftists do on a regular basis. Which is why I want to start the program by talking about critical race theory. I want to start the program by talking about CRT, which teaches people to hate this country, to declare it, racist in its in its founding racist in its growth from its infancy to where it stands today systemically racist and intentionally harmful to people of color this is what crt teaches it teaches that you cannot be anything other than a than a member of one of two classes you are in the class of the oppressor Or you are in the class of the oppressed. You are either a victimizer or you are a victim. There is no in-between. You can't just sit in the middle and say, boy, I don't like doing bad things to other people based on their color. Because if you don't actively engage yourself in stopping those things, then you become an oppressor. And if you say, well, I don't certainly see myself as being a victim all of the time. I don't see myself as being kept down by other people. Well, then you are a victim of systemic racism, and you don't even know it yet. It's so systemic, it hasn't even been made uh, obvious to you, but you are a victim. And generally speaking, all of these things can be boiled down to, to a simple, simple test. Do you have darker skin or lighter skin? If you have darker skin, you're oppressed, and you're a victim. If not right now, then you're a victim in waiting. If you have lighter skin, you are an oppressor. And if you don't realize it, you are an oppressor in waiting. Your DNA, your racist DNA, will lead that to come out at some point or another. So this is where we are. And I want to share some audio with you today. In fact, I want to share a lot of audio with you today because it's inspiring, particularly when you hear audio coming from people of color condemning the idea of critical race theory. Now, this is going to blow the mind. Of far left wing nut administrators in places like Menner High School, where the assistant principal there says critical race theory is just some sort of a uh, right wing conspiracy. The criticism of CRT is just right wing conspiracy because they, what was the wording that he used? They only want white supremacy and power. Well, it's interesting when you see black women like Keisha King. In Florida, speaking to the state board of education and demanding that they not allow critical race theory to be taught in Florida public schools. Fortunately, the school board in Florida listened not only to her, but also to the governor of the state of Florida, Ron DeSantis, who ordered that critical race theory not be allowed to be taught in Florida public schools. They listened and it is now banned but it is important for us to hear messages like these.
2: My name is Keisha King. I'm a mom of two, one who's
0: in the Duval County public
2: school system, and one in private school, thanks to school choice. I'm also a member of Moms for Liberty, uh, representing thousands of parents. Just coming off of May 31st, marking the 100 years of the Tulsa riots, it is sad that we are even contemplating something like critical race theory where children will be separated by their skin color and deemed permanently oppressors or oppressed in 2021. That is not teaching the truth unless you believe that whites are better than blacks. I have personally heard teachers teaching CRT and we have had an assembly shut down because Duval County Public School System consultant thought it would be a great idea to separate students by race. This is unacceptable. CRT is not racial sensitivity or simply teaching unfavorable American history or teaching Jim Crow history. CRT is deeper and more dangerous than that. CRT and its outworking today is a teaching that there is a hierarchy in society where white, male, heterosexual, able-bodied people are deemed the oppressor, and anyone else outside of that uh, status is oppressed. That's why we see corporations like Coca-Cola asking their employees to be less white, which is ridiculous. I don't know about you, but telling my child or any child that they are in a permanent oppressed uh, status in America because they are black is racist. And saying that white people are automatically above me, my children, or any child is racist as well. This is not something that we can stand for in our country. And don't take it from me. Look at the writers of these types of Uh, publications. Our ancestors white, black, and others hung bled and died right alongside each other to push America towards that more perfect union. If this continues, we will look back and be responsible for the dismantling of the greatest country in the world by reverting to teaching hate and that race is a determining factor on where your destiny lies. Thank
0: you. Thank you, (laughs) ma'am. She is phenomenal. She was spot on. And again, it matters that she is black. Having African Americans or people of color in general speak out against critical race theory and the idea that anybody who is darker skinned is going to be a victim and is going to be oppressed by this systemically racist white supremacist society, having people like that speak out is extraordinarily important to stopping this. It's also extraordinarily important to to listen to people, again, who are not necessarily African-American but are considered ethnic minorities, including Brigitte Gabriel. You probably remember Brigitte Gabriel as the founder and the leader of Act for America. She is of Lebanese descent. She is a woman of color in the United States of America, and she had a very similar message published just four days ago. Listen to Brigitte Gabriel. Again, she would be considered uh, an ethnic minority here because she is Lebanese, in other words, Arab, I guess, from the Middle East. This is her birth, uh, you know, her her, her, uh, uh, origin of birth. But she is an American citizen, and this is what she says about critical race theory.
3: Liberal indoctrination has been part of education in America for decades, dating back to the Vietnam War. Teachers and professors have been using their influence on students to shape the way they think about important issues. But what's going on in our schools now is not just your average left-wing indoctrination. What we're seeing now is the radical Marxist left taking over our education system and curriculums across the country. What we are seeing is brainwashing on mass scale. From Common Core math to the New York Times 1619 Project to critical race theory, the socialist left is molding propaganda into the brains of our children. Several school districts across the country have even floated the idea of removing advanced math class options for students so they can be more equitable to minority students. This is the world we live in now. Socialist policies are no longer just being promoted in the halls of Congress. They're being implemented in our public schools. The left is trying to rewrite our history, and they're doing it through education, curriculum changes, and our textbooks. They want our children to believe America is a racist nation founded by racist white men for the sole purpose of exploiting slave labor. The worst part is that we've allowed this to happen. Many apathetic Americans sat on the sidelines too busy to listen to those of us sounding the alarm for over a decade now. They thought this could never happen in America, but it did, and we are now reaping the results. President Woodrow Wilson said it best when he said, A nation which does not remember what it was yesterday does not know what it is today nor what it is trying to do. We are trying to do futile things if we do not know where we have come from or what we have been about. For decades, we have known about the left's mission to take over our education system, and we let them do it. We've let them control what's in our textbooks, who is elected for school board, and what's included in curriculums. They've used federal money with the Department of Education to force local schools to adopt national initiatives and sold out our children's future in the process. But it's not too late for conservatives to fight back and stop the left's takeover of our education. The American people do not want Washington, D.C.'s liberal propaganda poisoning their children's minds. Conservatives have not traditionally run for school board But the times must change if we want our schools to stop teaching our children to hate America. In addition to running for school board, we need every freedom-loving patriot to call on their governor and demand they refuse federal education grants that come with strings attached to socialist curriculum changes. Our youth is being brainwashed for eight hours every day at our expense, and it must be stopped. It was the brutal Soviet socialist Vladimir Lenin who said, give me just one generation of youth and I'll transform the whole world. Every patriot must be engaged, must be involved. Whether you run for a school board, volunteer in a local group, or start a group in your community, join us at actforamerica.org and get involved. The time to talk about the problem is over. Now is the time to act for America.
0: I'm going to stop it there because I think you get the point. And what she said there toward the end of that little speech about Lenin is extraordinary and extraordinarily important. Give me one generation of youth and I will change the world. Lenin believed in changing the world toward communist principles. What we know as communist and Marxist principles, and it starts with taking the youth, get them away from their parents, get them away from their churches, from their faith, turn them over into left, turn them over to rather left wing indoctrinators, and the world will be changed. He was not wrong, and this is what our fight must become. All right, 922, we'll take a quick timeout. I want to hear from you at 216 901 or 888 1110 I've got a lot more audio for you as well. Join us on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, it's 927. Short segment here before the bottom of the hour, then we're going to talk to uh, Dr. Everett Piper at about 9.35. Just as an example of what I'm talking about, when I talk about the dangers of critical race theory and some of the other things that are being forced upon our kids in full-on racial um, and ethnic indoctrination, this, this student is, is remarkable. A North Korean defector named Yeonmi Park came to the United States and attended an Ivy League university. In this case, Columbia. She went to Columbia University and began to experience what she described as anti-Western sentiment in this Western uh, university in the in the greatest nation, the freest nation on earth. And she was struck by what she was presented in the classroom in terms of the teaching about this 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 great nation. She escaped from communist North Korea, where people are imprisoned or killed for speaking out against the government. She escaped from Kim Jong-un's North Korea, preceded by Kim Jong-il's North Korea. She came to the freest nation in the world, went to an Ivy League university, and described it, quote, even North Korea isn't this nuts, end quote. This North Korean defector says that what is being done in the Ivy League universities at the bare minimum is worse than what is done in communist North Korea. She said, quote, I expected that I was paying this fortune, all this time and energy to learn how to think. But they are forcing you to think the way they want you to think. I realized this is insane. I thought America was different, but I saw so many similarities to what I saw in North Korea that I started worrying The 27-year-old North Korean defector told the New York Post she couldn't believe that she was asked to do, quote, this much censoring of myself at a university in the United States. I literally uh, crossed the Gobi Desert to be free, and I realized I'm not free. America's not free. Yanmi Park fled North Korea at age 13. 2007, she came on a voyage. She took her family, herself, and her family to China and South Korea before she went to school in New York, starting in 2016. Her professors gave her students or the students trigger warnings, sharing the wording from readings in advance, so people could opt out of reading or even sitting in class during these discussions because it might hurt them. Going to Columbia, the first thing I learned, she said, was safe space. Every problem they explained us, uh, explained to us, she said, is because of white men. Some of the discussions of white privilege reminded her of the caste system in her native country, the communist North Korea, where people were categorized based on their ancestors. In one class, a teacher teaching uh, Western civilization asked students if they had a problem with the name of the topic. Most students raised their hands, according to Park. She said some uh, mentioned issues with the colonial slant of the discussion. And classes often began with professors asking students for their preferred pronouns with use of they becoming scary as she feared being socially penalized for not being inclusive enough in her vocabulary. English is my third language, she said. It's very hard for me to say he and she. Sometimes I misuse them. She told Fox she was chided at Columbia University for saying that she enjoyed the writings of Jane Austen. I said, I love those books. I thought it was a good thing. Then she said, she was told, did you know those writers had a colonial colonial mindset? They were racists and bigots and subconsciously brainwashing you. She said, North Korean students were constantly informed about the American bastard. Quote, I thought North Koreans were the only people who hated Americans. But as it turns out, there are a lot of people hating this country within this country cancel culture and shouting down opposing voices is becoming a sort of self-censorship. Voluntarily, she said, these people are censoring each other, silencing each other, and there is no force behind it. Other times in history, there's a military coup d'etat, like a force comes in taking your rights away and silencing you, but this country is choosing to be silenced, choosing to give their own rights away. She said, this is more nuts than North Korea. And this is all brought to you by the American Marxist left. Period. Dr. Piper joins us next day in 1420 The Answer. 936 we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks so much for being with us. Uh, we'll get back to critical race theory very shortly, but I want to... Uh I want to give you what I promised you here this is a special conversation at a special day on a special day of the week because this is what happened at the end of my interview with dr. Uh, Everett Piper this past Thursday dr. Piper that story about uh, Kylie McLaughlin uh, a former volleyball player at the University of Oklahoma is a huge one to me she is uh, taking a very courageous stand here and she is filing a lawsuit against the university for essentially for cancel culture um, we don't have time for it now if you're agreeable to it I want to have you back on Monday or Tuesday kind of an extra visit next week just to talk about that story it's right there in the your backyard in oklahoma because uh, i think this is big and hopefully it's the first of many lawsuits to follow from people who have been canceled or forced out of their positions or whatever the case might be for not going along with the woke uh you know the woke mob essentially so if uh you're agreeable we'll schedule something early next week all right
4: absolutely look forward to
0: it i do too thank you dr piper great True to his word, Dr. Everett Piper back with us again now on AM 1420, The Answer on a Tuesday, so a special treat for you earlier in the week. Dr. Piper, good morning, sir. How are you?
4: I'm doing great. You all are gluttons for punishment to have me around
0: <laughs> twice in a week. <laughs> no, you know it's, you know everybody in radio uh, land. Um, you know everybody's listening habits are different. Sometimes people who listen on Thursdays don't listen on Tuesdays, or if they listen to the first hour one day, they can only hear because of their schedule the second hour another day. So to me, this is a great opportunity for people who may never listen on Thursdays, who have never heard you before on these airwaves. So uh, it's great, great. Uh, it's really great to have you here, so that we can indeed do that. But more specifically, Doctor. Piper, as I noted, the story of uh, uh, Ms. McLaughlin is uh, is an important one to me. Kylie McLaughlin, and, and, and again, the reason I I focused on you for this story is because you are in Oklahoma. Uh, and for those who don't know, by by the way, Dr. Piper again is a former university president in Oklahoma. He is also a best-selling author now two times over. His latest book is called "Grow Up." Life isn't good, uh, isn't safe, but it's good. So, Dr. Piper, Kylie McLaughlin is a volleyball star. And I want to emphasize that. She's not just some player at the University of Oklahoma. She was a star. Her, uh, some of her awards are the 2018 Big 12 Co-Setter of the Year, two-time All-Big 12 first-team selection, two-time All-Southwest Region honoree. For her career, she tallied three thousand five hundred forty one forty six assists. Now, I bring all of that up to say that this isn't somebody who is just a disgruntled player. She was a bench warmer. She didn't get much time. She clashed with the coach over playing time or, or anything of that nature. Her career at the University of Oklahoma was going along tremendously. Great player, winner, and so forth. Now she sits at the University of Mississippi. And why? Because it was suggested to her by her coach that maybe she isn't a good fit for this program. Maybe uh, it would be wise for her to move on and find somewhere else because she just didn't really fit in there. And the reason she didn't fit in there, Dr. Piper, and I know you know this because you've researched the story, is simply because she wasn't woke enough. She wouldn't go along with critical race theory. She wouldn't go along with the um, uh, racist aspect of that teaching. She wouldn't go along with wokeness and, and all the rest. So basically she was frozen out until her coach basically told her, you might not want to be around here anymore. If this is happening to this superstar player, which she really was, it kind of makes you wonder how many other places around the country is this happening to ordinary people who don't go along with the political ideology of a coach, a team, an organization, a club, a school, and who are ostracized and perhaps forced out of it as a result.
4: You know, and keep in mind, Bob, the first thing I need to point out in answering your question or responding to this story Mm -hmm. Is that this is in Oklahoma? Oklahoma, for four successive presidential elections, has not had one county vote blue. Oklahoma is possibly the reddest of the red states. I repeat, in four successful, successive, excuse me, successive presidential elections, you haven't had one county in the entire state vote blue. In my own backyard. You have the university system, the public education system, so woke that if you have won't buy to the narrative, won't march lockstep with the common way of thinking, the acceptable way of thinking. Anybody that did and be critical in criticize it, critical race theory is unwelcome. You will comply. You will, we think, you will talk like we talk. You will do what we do, and if you don't, you're verboten, you're expelled. You are not welcome in this program. Bob, that is ideological fascism. That is not academic freedom. And when I say ideological fascism, I remind your listeners what I've said on your show before. Fascism comes from the word fascist. What is a fascist? A fascist is a Roman bundle of sticks bound together so tightly that it cannot be broken. You will be part of the common bond. We will crush you with the common bond. That's what a fascist means. We get fascism from there. Theological fascism at these institutions that are supposed to be talking about academic freedom. Academic freedom no longer exists in the ivory. The ivory tower has crumbled. This is my industry. The ivory tower is a joke. You have people saying stuff like this. I can't tolerate your intolerance. I hateful people. I'm sure that nothing is sure. I know that nothing can be known. I'm absolutely confident there are no no absolutes. And they do this all while they wave their rainbow banners of Trump's hate, while they demonstrate that they hate anybody who doesn't accept their definition of love, their hedonistic definition of love. This girl has the spine to say, I disagree. And what happens to her? she is expelled she is told you're not welcome here that's the nature of the academy today and that is the nature of critical race theory it is not inclusive it's exclusive it is not tolerant it is the most intolerant worldview in decades this is the hypocrisy the duplicity the lunacy of the left and you're seeing it in spades in this story
0: Yeah, it is all of those things. It has led not only to her transfer, as I noted in the introduction, Dr. Piper, but it has led to her lawsuit. She has filed a suit against the University of Oklahoma, as well as her coach, Lindsay Gray Walton, and assistant coach, Kyle, Kyle Walton. Uh, they are all being sued for $75,000 each because, uh, as I noted before, she was essentially told, you don't fit in around here, and here were her options, according to the coach. You can transfer. You can continue on your scholarship. We'll still pay for your school, but as a non-athletic student, meaning just get out of here. Go to classes, but you're not part of our team anymore. Or take a redshirt year in which you would have to undergo 10 hours of diversity and inclusion training online. She opted for the last choice during that redshirt year before eventually transferring, as I said, to Mississippi. Her lawsuit accuses the university uh, and the coaches of violating her free speech and falsely branding her as a racist and homophobe, which in turn affected her volleyball career. Clearly, it did. She simply has conservative point up uh, conservative point of view, Doctor Piper, and and she. Dared to express that when the coach forced the school, the girls, rather, on the volleyball team to engage in political discussions. They made them watch the documentary 13th, which I've never seen, but it is described as a a documentary film that chronicles uh, the disproportionate incarceration of African Americans in America, mostly for uh, marijuana and drugs and she criticized the point of view of the film, and that did not sit well with her teammates. One black teammate called her a racist, and it was on. Uh, she later tweeted laughter emojis to a report that said the University of Texas students wanted to replace the Eyes of Texas. That's a huge, huge historical thing, by the way, for the University of Texas. The Eyes of Texas as the school spirit song. Uh, some left-wingers have decided that, song has its origin in minstrel shows shows and therefore must be replaced she simply responded to that uh suggestion with laughter emojis suggesting what a silly idea that is so dr piper she's suing here uh for a violation of her free speech now i'm not a lawyer uh and you're not either university president but you are certainly well grounded in the constitution um how does uh, how does she stand with her lawsuit do you think i, I the,
4: the encouraging thing is we're seeing some of lawsuits prevail. Um, I'm sorry, Bob, I didn't research who she actually has hired as her law firm, but I'm going to refer to the Alliance Defending Freedom in my answer to you. The acronym is A-D-F. The Alliance Defending Freedom actually represented um, represented uh, us, Oklahoma University, when we sued the Obama administration for violating our freedom of religion. We stood with the Little Sisters of the Poor and said, oh, we will not provide abortifacient drugs in our health care. We're evangelical, we're pro-life, we stand with these Catholic nuns who don't need contraception, by the way, they're celibate. What in the world is the federal government telling them that they have to buy contraception of any kind for? And by the way, they're Catholic. They believe in the dignity of human life. So we stood with the Little Sisters of the Poor in that case. The Alliance Defending Freedom represented us, and we prevailed. ADF is the most successful firm in the nation when it comes to Supreme Court cases for religious freedom. And I would argue that this girl's lawsuit is a religious freedom lawsuit as well as an intellectual freedom lawsuit because she wants the freedom to express her worldview without being persecuted. There are evidences out that when it gets to the Supreme Court, as it's now configured, that she will prevail. Because this stuff is not. It's lunacy. You can't claim to be for academic freedom or intellectual liberty or religious freedom if you're going to silence those people who disagree with you. I mean, the nature of the liberal arts, the institution that this that this girl's attending, the liberal arts stand for liberty. That's why it's called that, liberty, to pursue ideas freely, robustly, have a good argument, a good exchange— And pursue the truth in that process. And if critical race theory is true, then it should have the confidence to stand on its own two feet in a good debate. If it's not true, then somebody else should have the confidence to defeat it in an argument. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with it is these people don't want the debate because they know they're standing on thin ice. They know that if they are subjected to the A nature of a good argument, a good debate that they can't defend themselves, that their worldview crumbles. Therefore, they silence the opposition. But I think legally she's on good ground, and I think there is hope out there, especially through the success of ADF, that she can prevail.
0: Yeah, I don't know that she necessarily has hired ADF, uh, but I agree with you. Everything you said, I have had several ADF attorneys on my, on this program discussing some of the cases that they have taken before. And they, they of course, take all of those cases pro bono because of the, uh, uh, you know, ADF is essentially a legal ministry. This is a charity that is looking to defend religious liberty in so many cases. Um, but uh, her lawsuit was filed on May 25th, so it's in the very early stages of this. Is what I the last my my last question for you, Doctor Piper, is just to speak to the courage of this young woman again. She was a star player. She was having a great career. She was, you know, all-conference honoree, setting school records for assists and all these different things. It would have been very, very easy for her to just nod along when she was shown this film with everybody else and had to participate in a discussion of this, this movie the, uh, called 13th, uh, a discussion that levied heavy criticism against Donald Trump and compared black incarceration of the 2000s to black beatings uh, in the 1960s. She could have just zipped her lip, kept on playing volleyball, and had a great career and be done. It takes some courage to stand up and say, I don't agree with this. She is a political conservative. She is a Christian, and she said she just couldn't stay silent in the face of all of this social justice nonsense that she was being subjected to. Now her career is upside down again. She's kind of starting over with a year or two that she has left at another university of eligibility. This is the kind of courage, though, that I think hopefully will inspire other young teenagers or college-age students, don't you?
4: Yes, and I think that's partly the moral to the story here, is there needs to just be a handful of us that have the tenacity, have the spine, have the courage to call a spade a spade and speak up and say, wait a second, a male is a male, and a male shouldn't be participating in female sports. A man should not avail himself of a woman's bathroom or a woman's shower or steal her scholarship. Critical race theory is racism, pure and simple, because it judges people by the color of their skin, not the content of their character. And the way it's neo-Marxist, and it wants to redistribute power and money and property. People need to have the courage to just say those simple things. It takes you five minutes to say so. If you have the courage to do it like you do, like this girl does, and like others do, People are waiting for leaders to march into the storm boldly, take on the battle rather than run away and hunker down in fear. I actually cover this in my book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. People want courage, recognizing that life isn't all about safety and comfort and security, that it's about fighting for the things that are good.
0: Well, we are going to chronicle this girl's lawsuit and uh, kind of follow it wherever it leads. Because I agree with you, we, we you know this is this is inspirational. This is you know it takes just a, as you say a small handful of us to stand up and have the courage to fight for something bigger than ourselves. And I and I really really am amazed by uh, the tenacity of of young people like this. Whenever they have the courage to stand up like this, so we'll support her. We'll chronicle her, and I'm sure you and I will talk about it again. Maybe even as early as this Thursday when we have our regular hit, Doctor Everett Piper. Really appreciate you coming in for an extra visit this week. Thank you so much.
4: Blessings, Bob. Thanks a so bunch.
0: Right. Don't forget Dr. Everett Piper's book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. There's a meaning behind that subtitle, by the way. We've talked about it many times. Pick up the book and you'll see for yourself. We'll be right back.
1: I can't get no relief.
0: Okay, 956, thanks to Dr. Everett Piper. Kirsten now coming up after the top of the hour. Got time for a couple of calls here. Let's go to uh, TJ. Haven't heard from TJ in a little bit. Good to have you back on the program. TJ, go ahead.
5: Yeah, Bob, you know, this CRT, I'm wondering about this. You know, uh, they're teaching that white people are genetically born racist. Now, does that include Canadian whites, English whites, European, Australian whites, no, why is it only American whites are genetic? I don't
0: know. Based? Hold on, TJ. I don't know if that's true. I think they may, that may be their argument. Their argument may be British whites, uh, European whites, Canadian whites, American whites, because all of our you know history. You know, if you talk about Anglo Saxons, you go back. I think that's probably what they would say that it goes back to uh, European, even European roots of, of but white. Is, are people. are they
5: shoving, are they shoving it down their throats in these countries like us? I don't hmm. think so. You know, one other real quick thing, Bob. I am so angry about this Wuhan lab. Not only am I totally convinced this was done in a lab, I'm convinced it was intentionally released. Now, China reaped the benefit of this COVID. They wiped out all their competitors across the world. The DNC reaped the benefit by using uh, the COVID to cheat and get Trump out of office. And you know, the funny thing about this COVID, remember a couple months ago, one country on this whole planet was just totally ravaged by a different strain of COVID, India. And India happens to be what? The biggest nemesis of China. This stuff was intentional. These people that put it out there, these media people, these health organization people that collaborated with this are directly responsible for over three and a half million deaths in this world, not to count the deaths from suicides, depressions, lost jobs, uh, alcohol addiction. These people need to be brought in like a Nuremberg trial before the world, all of them, the collaborators, the people behind it. They need to be brought to justice. I mean, this is, this is like, to me, this Holocaust is almost equal to what the Nazi German, uh, Germans did. And we've got a complicit media and stuff and all that's just trying to cover everything up. And they're just as responsible as the people that let it out of this lab. I mean, it's time the people of the world stood up and say, somebody's got to pay for this.
0: Well, there there are people standing up and saying that it's just that they are shouted down, uh, and I'm talking about people like you know some of the some of the voices on Fox News, some of the former members of the Trump administration, like Mom, Mike Pompeo, who specifically said that yes, I believe this was born in a lab and it does need to be investigated. But here's the problem, and thank you for the call, TJ. We're outnumbered; those of us who say this, both in the United States and on the world stage. Uh, the United States, sadly, even though we fund, for example, seventy five percent of the United Nations budget still only has one vote when it comes to, uh, you know, votes that are taken among the, the, the nations that are in uh, the U.N. We're outnumbered by those who wish to see us and our allies be taken down, if not outright destroyed, for example, Israel. So I bring that up to say that we can scream all we want for justice to be done because of what happened with the Wuhan virus, and that's what it was. We could say that the Chinese Communist Party needs to be held accountable, and we are. But the reality is that other nations don't join us. They won't join us. They're afraid to cross them. The fact that the World Health Organization was tasked with investigating the origins of this and the World Health Organization is funded by and run by the CCP, that's all you need to know. We're never going to get a real answer and a real response for what happened, even though we kind of know with the circumstantial evidence being what it is. We're never going to fully know. Because the CCP ran the investigation and that investigation ended and I promise you any evidence of it coming from the Wuhan lab is going to be wiped out by the time we get there. They'll hire Hillary Clinton's bleach bit uh, washer uh, that cleaned her server uh, to do whatever it takes to clean uh, every element of evidence that may exist of what happened in that Wuhan lab. TJ, I'm with you. It is absolutely that bad, but it is not something we're ever going to be able to hold them accountable for because not enough world nations, uh, or nations of the world rather, agree with us. All right, 1001, Kirsten now after the news.